we just came off of a big series a raise and every waking moment in the hospital i thought about one thing is like covid hit and i tripled down on work uh, you know as other founders would do right and and just do more um we did more traction events than ever before and what not and i felt like the raise also takes a lot of time out of your life and uh i thought about only one thing if i go today i wish i spent more time with my kid i am super excited today cuz i get to speak uh with Lloyd Lobo of boast.ai among many other things we're going to learn about um let me just let me just set this up Lloyd if you please Lloyd Lobo is the co-founder and president of boast.ai a company that is working to streamline and automate access to over 200 billion dollars in global r&d credits and innovation incentives so companies can fuel their growth without giving up equity and dealing with red tape boast recently closed 30 million dollars canadian series a congrats Congratulations, and hope to continue to help businesses expand globally. Lloyd also co-chairs Traction, a community of over seventy thousand founders and tech professionals, started by Boast.ai and Launch Academy, that brings leaders from the fastest-growing companies like Shopify, Twilio, Slack, LinkedIn, GitHub, Cloudflare, and many more to share learnings on building, growing, and scaling startups via weekly webinars and regular meetups. In addition to their annual conference in Vancouver, which I have gone to. multiple and love it best best show in vancouver i got to say lloyd's ultimate mission is to help innovative companies become successful and hopes that they can leave impactful change in the world i love that lloyd welcome to afternoon tea thank you so much chris you captured it uh, better than i could have so that was fantastic <laughs> well i am shockingly good at reading but when i have great content it makes it much much easier so first off 30 million that that is Honestly amazing. I I I'm I'm really really proud of you guys and, and and impressed too. What what's what's the first thing you did when you closed that deal? Like was there something that you did to celebrate? What was the first thing you guys did? So you know it's it's funny. Um uh, the, the first thing I did uh, our investors sent us a bottle of champagne so I opened it up with my family nice. obviously. And then we had bootstrapped the company for a long time and we've had a long journey that I'll talk about through this. And It, building a company is hard enough right and uh and raising money is harder but bootstrapping a company to eight figures plus in revenue is like it's 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 a battle every day mm-hmm. and so i thought you know we'll celebrate and we'll go on a vacation somewhere like where where it's it's close and tight knit and just just uh the family and we were planning for that and my wife's an er doc <laughs> and uh, she brought home covid and oh, and no. literally so we announced the fundraise december 10th we're like planning for the holidays we're like let's go somewhere um get an airbnb let's chill out um, and take a couple of weeks off and then i get covid and i kick off the new year in the hospital <laughs> oxygen <laughs> We were that scared was, for you. We 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 saw the messages you were sharing. This is you got you got it seriously. Like this wasn't just the light touch. This was a serious serious episode you shared. This was this was serious. So what happened was um 23rd my parents lived with me in in the Bay Area or spent six months of the year with me and and then the rest six in Toronto. And it was my dad's 70th birthday and we were going to celebrate on the on the 23rd. Oh we all weren't gosh. feeling well. We went to the hospital. We we went for the test and um and we all tested positive uh, quick results. Mm-hmm. And we made nothing of it cuz we weren't feeling miserable like just basic flu like symptoms mm-hmm. we had that 
probably through New Year, around Jan 2nd or 1st or 2nd, everybody was fine, like back to normal. Mm-hmm. I wake up middle of the night, second morning, unable to breathe. And I'm Ouch. like, geez, somebody has drugged me and is punching me in the chest. Like, like oh, it's, no. this is not happening. I power through the night and I'm like, I, I just don't know what's going on. My wife checks the oxygen. She's like, hey, you're like fluctuating, but let's just monitor it. The next night, again, I power through it. Um, and like five, six in the morning, my wife's like, Hey, your oxygen now is like dropping into like 78, 79, 80, 81. And anything below 91 is low. So they took me to the hospital. Um, uh, they did some tests, they did an x-ray, basically my COVID had turned into COVID pneumonia, which is Hmm. only 10 or 15% of the people get it. And it can be fatal. And, and the virus had taken over all my lungs. It was hard to see. And uh, I had to get put on oxygen support and meds via IV, which literally took me out for a lot of uh, January. Mm-hmm. And then uh, strong steroid meds it came off. Uh, uh, like once I got discharged, the meds side side effects were huge. All mm-hmm. kind of like swollen ankles and everything else. Rage. Uh, <laughs> Did you say like rage? Fog- yeah, you get like steroids, really? a strong steroids. You get you get wow. really angry at everything. It's like oh, no. my 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 dad's uh, my family's from India. Mm-hmm. Uh, my 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 dad's like, oh, in India you get all these cough syrups, and I just said, don't you have some cough syrup here like that? And I lost it. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this information? Are, are you gonna fly to India? Am I gonna fly to India? What's what's gonna happen? Like, and my dad's like, what happened? The guy just snapped, and I had like many instances. In the week after, you know, where I, where a couple of weeks after, where I was just snapping, right? But um, uh, you know, although sort of I was on on all strapped to all these things, I was still like trying to be sane with one thumb on the phone. Not for the first, uh, not till I got my bearings, though. So. But it was a good experience because there's a couple of things, uh, learnings that came out of it, right? We we just came off of a big Series A raise, and every waking moment in the hospital, I thought about one thing: is like COVID hit. And I tripled down on work, uh, you know, as other founders would do, right? Mm-hmm. And and just do more. Um, we did more traction events than ever before and whatnot. And I felt like the raise also takes a lot of time out of your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought about only one thing. If I go today, I wish I spent more time with my kids. I got a two-year-old mm-hmm. um, who almost didn't make it. Uh, and, and uh, you know, she was born five months uh, premature. Oh, wow. So I'm like, I wish I spent, and, and now she's two, she's fine. Yeah. And I felt like, Good. I wish I spent more time with family. Um, and then the second thing is relationships. So you learn to value relationships. And, and that's the key thing. We all focus on money so much, mm-hmm. or rather success. And we tr- tie success as um, uh, tie success closely to like how much money you raise or how much revenue you make or how much you exit for. But you know, the one thing that transcends companies and money and everything else is the relationships, right? And actually, if you look at it in the workplace and outside, relationships are the leading um, indicator for, for everything, right? For success mm-hmm. and everything else. Yes, the money in the bank, the fundraise, all of this stuff, revenue, valuation, is the lagging indicator. But there are things that need to happen before. You take some actions, but actions don't happen in isolation. They happen in conjunction with relationships, right? And, and so that that was 
I mean, I always knew that as a part of business. That's why we built a massive community like Traction and, and all that community activity and the karma has helped us through our bootstrap journey. Mm-hmm. But I felt like, you know, you tend to ignore family and that was a, that was a key learning. Uh, but I guess net net is like, it's not the money in your bank. It's the number of people around your tombstone that matters. hundred percent and hundred percent. And you know, I just hope this, uh, you know, this, I won't call it epiphany, but this realization, you know, lasts because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's imperative to do that. I, I would actually argue, um, that throughout this whole pandemic is the the time with family forced or unforced uh i have a 13 and a 14 year old so we'll call it a little bit forced um it's been wonderful so i i, I really i'm glad that you recognize that and i and i hope that that continues well we'll, we'll t- tell you what let's let's go let's go let's go back to the the, the both side of things and uh the raise what was so it was it was 23 million us 30 million canadian is that the the fair way of saying it or yeah 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 Okay. We'll, we'll go. We'll go. We'll go with 30, 30 Canadian because a we love our colorful money and and it's it's obviously a great a great number. Um, how did you come up with that number? Like, was that so, so you decide? Did they decide? Here's the interesting thing. Here, here's the very very interesting thing. We weren't raising mm-hmm. as a bootstrap company that never wanted to raise. Um, the last thing we're going to do is go down this path during a pandemic, right? Why would we? Mm-hmm. Um, and and the reason why we never wanted to raise is because uh, you know me and my co-founder had experienced uh, experiences through our collective uh, seeing the raised path and it not being rosy. I particularly had been a part of three venture backed outings twice on the exec team where those companies weren't successes. They were failures. They were acquired, both of them. Um, they were failures because the founders or the executives didn't make money post acquisition. Right. Um, and then most recently, I was on the founding team of uh, of this company that was well funded by Bessemer and Salesforce. And uh, we raised a six million seed and shuttered it. And um, also nobody made money. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was an out and out failure. And so uh, it was like when we can turn a dollar into three, we'll consider raising money. The thing was, the Radiant Capital guys are friends of ours. We got to know them through the Traction community because through Traction, we do these webinars and events and meetups. One of the one of the events we do is a quarterly uh, curated founder-funder matchmaking event. Mm-hmm. And we had done this event in partnership with Mars, which is a large incubator. And they, it's funny, we brought so many investors. They brought so many investors. And, and so the folks at Radiant were there. They were friends of Mars. And we got to know them over the last year or so. And uh, as we send them companies and they met companies through events uh, and we talked to them, they're like, hey, your company is very interesting. And uh, the tech you're building can play into many things because you're effectively collecting data from, from customers, technical systems and financial systems, marrying them together to assign value to the R&D. Mm-hmm. Yes, that streamlines the R&D tax credit process, which is a pain. But what other value can you provide based on that data set? Right. And and you could effectively power the financial finances mm-hmm. uh, or non-diluted company uh, capital for companies. And so that's the conversation that started. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it had to be an interesting number uh, mm. because <laughs> we we didn't need the money. We haven't even spent a dollar from that money. Mm-hmm. Let's just face it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know when we'll spend it, maybe later this year or whatever. So uh, really, you know, we floated around a number. They floated around a number. Um, you know, they wanted to get to a certain ownership level. We wanted to maintain our ownership 
where it made sense mm-hmm. for us because you know we bootstrap, so we want to raise on our terms and maintain uh, ownership and and significant ownership. So we we came to that. The math came to that basically. Mm. Really, there wasn't. Uh, we, it's funny. We didn't make a pitch deck. It's 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 the funniest fun it's relationships. Never based. made a pitch deck. <laughs> it started with conversation and stories. Mm-hmm. And it went into sending numbers and financials, and and really, uh, that's what it was. That was that was the experience. We didn't go out and shop the deal to other VCs. We had so much inbound because this whole R and D uh, mm-hmm. credit space is starting to heat up, and you'll you'll see in the next little while. Uh, but we we said no because the thing is, what are you going to optimize for? Like you know, five ten percent valuation increase or you're going to optimize for the partner. And we had some great advice there. Um, luckily, we have a good network through Traction, and we know so many awesome entrepreneurs. And, and so we sought advice there. And we knew a number of companies Radiant had invested in. Some intros they made, some we had back-channeled. And uh, one of the great entrepreneurs I talked to was Applyboard's founder, Martin. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, they're worth $1.5 billion. They've had a crazy ride from 2015. And he said, if you're going to talk about this, specific partner take their money take his money yes he was in a sexier fund before and and radian maybe a new fund or not a massive silicon valley style brand name but it's the partner that matters and he'll tell you he said i'll tell you why he said there was a time where pandemic hit <laughs> and uh you know there's a i was raising another round and a lot of people who i thought were going to come in or said like we're going to be there they just turned off but there's a few people who I called on a Saturday night and they wired the money on Monday, wow. right? Whether it was personally or, or from their fund. And he's like, it's the, it's the people that matter, right? And that, there's sure. a key lesson there is like, when you optimize for over-index on the relationship, not on the transaction, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's another uh, parallel here is like, if you te- treat things as a relationship, then doesn't matter like five, 10%, whatever, because you know what? That relationship will help us 10X in the next little while and increase it and it'll, it'll normalize. But if you treat it like a transaction and there are horror stories of like, you get into this investor relationships and what happens? Like, you know, you go to a sexy fund and then you're sort of not hundred X or, or whatever, but somebody else is hundred X and you're maybe just 10 X mm-hmm. and, uh, and you don't get the same level of attention kind of thing, right? So all that goes into play. I think, there, I think again, the key theme you'll find here with me is uh, passion mm-hmm. and relationships are two things that transcend, right? You, when you're a new employee in a company, for example, you may be miserable. Like you may be really excited in the first few months and then one challenge hits and okay, that's shaky. Another channel challenge hits, it's a little shaky. And then like the third big challenge hits and now you're looking for another job, right? That, mm-hmm. is, that is like enthusiasm. Passion, on the other hand, transcends. We find a way to come over it. So, so that was that was really the key, the journey well, I, there. I'm I'm really I'm 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 intrigued, and I love the way that you're saying about the relationships over the numbers because I I 100 agree. And 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 I got to admit, when I analyzed, you know, because this is what I do, and I when I see the numbers about what you do, I mean, the 30 million A round, that's a significant. A round. And the hard thing about that, because talk about what you said, where other people, you know, after they exit without anything, because, well, the hard thing is, how do you 10x that? How do you make it so that the, the multiple on top of that continues to grow? Because 30 million, I mean, at the end of the day, that means they own a good portion, you know, the rules it, no. it it favors it favors the fund over over the over the over the founders. And that usually. was the key thing, right? And that was the key thing for us. We <laughs> we wanted to 
uh, own a significant portion of the company where we still have the say, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, so that, but, uh, so then the value, so, so it's like, it's like this, like, you know, the, then it's the valuation is larger. And then like, you know, everyone, everyone wants a piece uh, to make, wants the piece to make sense of them, right. Mm-hmm. For them. And so then at the end of the day, it's like, you got to figure out as a founder, how much do you want to own of the company? What would you be satisfied with after bootstrapping mm-hmm. and, and uh, index on the partner? Like, can they help us 10 X this? Right. And, and those were really the, the two things. Sure. And well, especially if you have partners who are aligned, you know, with your yeah. success and it doesn't always have to be money success. It could be the adventure, the journey, the, the, the whole part of it, especially when you do have a relationship, you know, through these organizations, because at the end of the day, money is a tool, you know, and, and the relationships are another tool. Um, so how do you, how do you expand, maximize, you know, just, just make that work for you? Um, I, I can speak highly enough of them, right? Like Radiant mm-hmm. Capital out of New York. Awesome folks. Awesome, awesome folks. They have, um, we've, as a bootstrap company, especially, and in any case, most founders, they try to de-risk one or two things at each stage in the company. When you're bootstrap, like we've always tried to de-risk, like de-risk two things. Can we get customers? Mm-hmm. And can we keep customers? And so what that means is you just focus on one type of customer coming through one or two kinds of channel, getting one value, not multiple things, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, I, I think here, uh, they, we've not had a CTO. We're just hiring a CTO. Oh, really? Um, we've not had a marketing team. We, mm-hmm. It's like me and my co-founder manage product together. Mm-hmm. Um, marketing is is like really no marketing. Marketing is like boast runs traction and all these events alongside yeah. Launch Academy. And mm-hmm. then we had four salespeople. So mm-hmm. now it's like every at every phase of the company as a founder, you got to go to your foundation and say, hey, it's shaky. What do I need to fix? Because, you know, you've only got a permit, let's say for 1 million when you're mm-hmm. starting out, right? Mm-hmm. And then now you got to like lay out another five and another five, like it's like building a building, you got to keep going back. And I, I think what happened was over the past couple of years, uh, we doubled and doubled. And because of the pandemic, we didn't we didn't really staff up. So our staff stayed the same, mm-hmm. but we doubled growth, business growth. And now we're like, geez, this is a year where our staff grows to like 80 people. And, you know, now we need to sort of, okay, you need like a CTO, you need um, uh, you need like a proper head of marketing. You you need all these things, right? Maturity. So, so <laughs> you need you need a little bit of that. So it's been uh, it, it's been a great experience. But one of the key things I think as you're growing fast is, you know, like I talked about, like again back to the relationships. Building a company really is is three things: you're building and inspiring slash motivating a team to deliver. Deliver mm-hmm. is the lagging indicator. It's the output building and inspiring are the leading indicators, right? And so if you're just hiring people in mass and asking them to deliver, you may as well start a sweatshop. <laughs> what matters is, are you invested in their growth? Mm-hmm. And because if they will grow, then your company will grow kind of thing. So, so cool. the, the key, one of the also key things is as, as you're at this level is you need, um, you need sort of advisors or advice on the people side of things. Like, Hey, how do you like grow this fast without breaking the culture? How do you be genuinely thoughtful about people's growth and, and whatnot? So it's like, how do you spend this money basically? Well, well, well here, here, here's a question. I'm going to take you back to, you know, the, 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 
the creation of Boast? I mean, R&D tax, is it not kind of, you know, the automation or the the, the scalability of it? I mean, usually you think of a uh, just one accountant trying to figure out the best way to, you know, for your benefits or whatever. But how did you come up with the idea to make it scalable, to automate some of these things, to use some AI, to use, you know, pr- proper processes to, to, to make this really work? So what happened was uh, my co-founder, Alex, we've known each other since we're 18. We both studied software engineering together. And uh, long story short, yeah, after engineering, um, he got into JNJ's engineering leadership program. Alex uh, then, then worked a number of years there. They did a startup um, that wasn't as successful as he had hoped. He felt he needed to study accounting. He studied accounting <laughs> and then ended up at the end at a big four accounting firm managing their R&D tax practice for the software vertical. And then he called me and after engineering, I pretty much went and worked at startups in the US. And he called me and he said, man, this is broken. And it's a very manual process. And right now he's like, globally, hundreds of billions are given in R&D incentives to fund businesses, but the application process, it's manual, it's cumbersome, it's time consuming. And it takes 16 months to get the money mm-hmm. because you got to incur a year of expenses, then file it, then wait for uh, tax filing, uh, uh, t- government processing times. And, and what happens is an accountant or a consultant comes in at the end of the year and says, tell me what you did in R&D last year. He's like, we have to find a way to fix it. The thing is when you bootstrap, what do you, what do you want to de risk? You're like, okay, let's, and if, you know, it's, it's like automation of services, right? Mm-hmm. And the more founders I talk to, like Udemy's founder right now, he's doing carbon health. It's the same thing, automation of, of, uh, or streamlining of the healthcare industry. It's like, do it manually, figure out all the breakpoints, um, then figure out a better process, then codify the process, then build the workflow, bring that into software. Then you'll have enough data. Then you have AI. The learnings we had from like previous experiences, because uh, Alex and I did a chatbot for on Zendesk uh, uh, called automatically in 2013, 14. Mm-hmm. The learning there was customers want an outcome. We had thousands of people signing up. And, uh, and, and the key thing we learned there was people want an outcome. The chatbot wasn't accurate. Uh, when you when you ran Turing tests on on Twitter on like JetBlue, it was responding like a real human. The theme there was in, automatically respond like a real human. It was responding at ninety some odd percent accuracy. On Zendesk, which was the only pr- company that we would we could have integrated with for distribution so quickly, all their customers were really small. They didn't have enough data for us to make sense of it to respond real, uh, like real humans. And if I knew then what I know now, I would have just gone and done a decision tree and like said, hey, what are your top 15 questions and, and done that, right? Yeah. But, you know, do, doing things that don't scale, Paul Graham from YC says it, do things that don't scale, do things manually, figure it out. Uh, and particularly if, if your end goal is to build supreme automation and robots, uh, the robotic process automation, you got to figure out the process really well. A lot of people come with the technology first, right? And if there's no process, then the technology is going to fail, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so that's how we came about it. It was a big market between US and Canada. Over 15 billion is given. And um, next week, we're going to have another big announcement. We're launching a $100 million credit fund, credit wow. facility. And, um, and, and that, I think, goes out on, uh, on the 17th. But that fund is to say that use Boast and get your money now. Don't wait 16 months to get it from the government. Uh-huh. Right, right now, you, for every month or quarter, you incur an R&D expenses. It's locked. Then you have to wait for the tax season. And people are never ready with their financials until like May, June, or, or whatever, like April through June. And then they file it, and then they wait for it to get processed. So by the time you get the first dollar for the R&D or product development spend you in January, it's 
next September or August. We're saying use both, get your money now. So like ClearBank, which you I may have I was just going to say ClearBank model. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. like ClearBank for R&D. Makes so that's, sense. That's Makes next, sense. That, that's the next upsell product. And so we have $100 million now to do advances against that. And we'll build more and more automation now that we have uh, we have the money. One of the key mm-hmm. learnings and advice from uh, from our advisors and investors is that, hey, now that you've raised the money as bootstrap founders, what we're worried is you won't spend the money. Right. Mm-hmm. And and what we don't want you guys to do is take on more and more burden, like, low, let's go and hire more developers. No, go and hire a head of engineering right away. Let him build the squad. Uh, let 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 uh, go and hire a head of product, let her build the product team, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Let's hire a head of marketing, let her build that out. Right. So like let people build their squads, hire people that can do that work rather than managing multiple people because it's physically probably not possible to be invested, personally invested and and like take all the time in the growth of more than six to eight people, right? Like you can't do more than six to eight one-on-ones and really bring attention to it. No, I I I I think you're think you're bang on and congratulations with all the growth like I say the um that that's honestly fantastic with with, with boast and I you know it's funny because when you mentioned that I was like this is clearbank this makes so much sense people don't want to wait you can have a smellight benefit from it and everyone wins so I I, I think that's fantastic well I I don't even I I know I must have met you prior to this I must have met you at you know an attraction event at some point or something like that I must have but I had dinner with you and Ray in Toronto, maybe, what was that, two years ago? Maybe three years ago? Yeah, it was 2018. It was 2018. I think after the collision, we were just like late night tacoing there. We tacoed. We bumped into each other. We collided, which is, which I got to say, that was, you know, short of traction. And and I'm not saying this just to butter you up, because I honestly think traction is amazing because of the speakers, but collision was amazing for the collisions. Like it was, it was, it was a different game, right? Like it was fun, but it was, it was so great meeting you, but I wanted to ask, because I actually didn't ask her, how did you and Ray meet? Because obviously Ray, you know, we had him on a previous podcast. I was, I'd chat with him all the time. He's a great guy. You're aligned with a great fella, I got to say. But where did Ray, you meet him? Tell, tell me the story of this. Yeah, so the, the, the Ray thing was interesting. So before anything, I want to say every mm-hmm. company, if you want to build, if you want to build a company that's longstanding and endearing, you need to start with the mission. Mm-hmm. And, and and the founders must really believe in the mission because that transcends. And I'm not just sharing BS stuff. I'm, no, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm saying the truth because if you do BS, what happens is you'll do one webinar or one conference and it'll die. It mm-hmm. won't carry on for multiple years and, and become so big. So our mission at Boast is to help innovative companies become successful. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing we wrote on the wall. And our vision is to help companies fund themselves, fuel their growth without giving up equity and dealing with red tape. Those are the two things. And because our mission is to help innovative companies become successful, our customers don't just need R&D credits and non-diluted capital, right? As a founder, you're a founder. What do you need? You need to know about scaling, growth, raising equity, growth marketing, people, like 100 things, right? And so what happened when we started both was we used to do these pizza nights uh, because it was lonely for me. my co-founder, although he's from Vancouver, he was in Calgary at the time. His wife was articling and my wife was a resident in San Francisco. So I just moved into Calgary into his apartment and we started both. Mm-hmm. And, and that first year was lonely because we knew nobody. Like I'm, I'm out of my element in San Francisco. <laughs> he's out of his element in Vancouver and, and we're in Calgary here. 
But the one thing I knew was I had a good Silicon Valley network. So we started doing these pizza nights and these sort of these pizza nights um, would bring a speaker and they evolved and we did a conference. It was called Cloud Factory in Banff. And we had another person involved in there and there was a bit of a falling out where, um, you know, uh, I got locked out of my accounts for, for Cloud Factory. Um, I saw no money from it. And, uh, and basically the person just fumbled, right? And, and it was a arduous process to get all of those assets back, legal, whatnot. It was an interesting learning experience. And I knew Ray through that time, and he was a fantastic community leader. Alex was moving back to Vancouver. So I chatted with Ray, he came down to San Francisco, um, and, and we hung out. And, and Ray's been family for many years now, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know, he's helped build like a pargola in my backyard, like, <laughs> and whatnot. Um, he's like a brother, his family has been at all, he's been through the, all the highs and lows in my life alongside, you know, in the last several years. So uh, it made sense, right? Like, I like to work with people who are like that, like Alex's family. He's my daughter's godfather. I'm his daughter's godfather. Cool. We're best friends. We're building both together. Um, Ray, very good relationship, like family. And so Ray came to San Francisco and I'm like, hey, Launch has the same mission, right? Mm-hmm. And Launch is a nonprofit. I don't care about making money from these events and conferences. Why don't we combine forces and and do something? And he's like, that's great. And I said, I already have this, sort of list building and we already did a conference that was successful but like this guy just left and like locked me out and everything but i have the re- see that's the thing right passion and relationships transcends the guy Completely. who locked me out of my accounts at cloud factory i don't know if you've ever done an, another event again or what but all those guys like jeff lawson from twilio he's mm-hmm. he's speaking on our podcast traction pop uh, sort of a show next Thursday. And Jeff came again to Traction in the first year in 2015. Mm-hmm. Atha was the head of growth at LinkedIn, came three times, right? So relationships and passion transcend. So people like people can steal from you and take your ideas away. They will never take the spark. They will run it to the ground and you'll still do it. And so that is the key thing, passion and relationship. And Ray had the same passion. And of course we shared a great relationship mm-hmm. and I knew we could work together. So um, so like, yeah, so Ray, Alex and I, we started Traction as a collaboration between Boston and Launch. And, uh, and, and because we had the list building from all these events and we did the, the cloud event and Ray had Launch Academy and he had his own community. So we like collided the two communities with huge overlap. And, and like sort of bringing like, um, you know, Vancouver and outside of Vancouver uh, together. And so it's, it's funny in 2015, they're like, okay, let's do the event. I don't know if we have any money to do it. So I'm like, okay, let me email everyone, cold emailed everyone that had come to Traction, uh, at not Traction, sorry, at the cloud event. Um, but moreover, like cold emailed a whole list. And when you're cold emailing and you don't have a website or anything to show because <laughs> of, that, of that incident, my assets went... Um, nobody responds. And then what happened was one speaker expressed interest. It's like, okay, Marketo CEO is like, I am interested. Then it was, then Ray knew um, Ryan Holmes well at, mm-hmm. at Hootsuite. And Ryan Holmes is like, okay, I'm also interested. So then I reached out saying, hey, Ryan Holmes is like super interested, is near confirmed. Marketo CEO confirmed. I went with that and said, Marketo CEO and Ryan Holmes are in and reached out to another 10 people. That social proof trickled and we had this amazing lineup. Jeff Lawson from Twilio, Postmates CEO, you name it. Like if you look at the speaker lineup of that first traction was unbelievable. But the thing is we did it, we, we had set this date and over the weekend used Squarespace, built the website with the Eventbrite widget, posted on the website, 
ran the first promo, sold 50,000 in ticket sales. And then Ray comes to Alex and me and says, hey, man, I think we need to get a venue. That's a problem. <laughs> so we, 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 he finds this venue, this EDM hall by the harbor there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and so we do the conference there and everything had to be piecemeal, right? Because so one key learning is when you do conferences, find it in a hotel. They have a project manager. They have connections for everything. Here, like Ray had to piecemeal all the logistics together. Uh, and 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 the 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 relationship is like launch handles all the sort of logistics and experience. We do all the speakers and mm-hmm. and content and and the division works well because uh, my superpower is that like content and and relationships and connections, network connecting people. And Ray's superpower is he comes from uh, he's an extreme operations guy. He's a solid relationship guy too, but extreme operations guy. And his family ran Bollywood concerts. Mm-hmm. So this event came together and like one incident there, we have had some of the best speakers. And I don't know if you remember Meerkat from back in the day, they were super popular in 2015, like clubhouses today. Mm-hmm. Um, and Meerkat was uh, one of the last speakers. We said, oh, it's it's super hot. So let's get him. And, and he was interested and he came and they were doing a fireside with TechCrunch. Now, one of the ideas we had, we had this stage and we had more speakers that, I mean, more speakers than we could fit in a day. So we had to do, um, we booked a nightclub the night before and had some speakers there and we mm-hmm. took this into happy hour. We had more attendees at five hundred attendees. We thought 250 would, would confirm. So we put them in the lounges and everything. It was, it was jam packed. And, and then we got a smoke machine right behind the stage. And what we said was because the speakers are so tight, when somebody runs out of their time, let's hit the smoke machine. It'll blow up smoke. People get sick. People start clapping and, and, and everyone will get off the stage. It worked really well. Now we're at six o'clock for the last session. And imagine six, you're like drinking from a firehouse. And, and Frederick from TechCrunch is doing the fireside chat with uh, Ben Rubin, Meerkat's founder. And within three, five minutes of them going, the smoke starts coming. And Frederick's like, we just went on. Why is Lloyd releasing the smoke? <laughs> what had happened was that smoke machine ran out of water and the drapes caught fire in the oh, back. No. <laughs> and we were like, we're going to burn down the freaking speaker. And then like, I think Ray or somebody ran and started throwing water. So that's how bootstrapped it was, right? Like the back, <laughs> the back room, the, the backstage looked like it was a broken like bathroom, right? You had like Neil Patel, uh, Twilio CEO, all these fantastic folks. Uh, Nick Mehta from Gainsight, Samir Sengrid CEO, it was mm-hmm. a phenomenal lineup, right? But and that's how it came about, and and things grew. And you know, the other key thing is like re- consistency. So we did it consistency consistently, <laughs> and and because it's a nonprofit event, we don't care about partnering with other events. So we partnered with uh, Elevate Collision. We've partnered with Saster year over year. We've hosted mm-hmm. events with Saster, like their their CXO Summit for one year. And and so that enabled us to build relationships with all the incubators, accelerators, and then last year in February. My wife being a doc, she's like, hey, your attraction's not happening. And Jason Lumpkin canceled Zaster. So we took everything online. And now consistently, we're doing two live webinars a week. And we have the lineup booked through May. And in nice. the last year, we added 40,000 subscribers to Traction. And we're at about 90 plus now as we as we speak. Actually, I said I said 70 and then I went and looked and uh, <laughs> it was like 90 some odd. So that's the, that's the long story short. Be data driven. Be data driven. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, that's fantastic. Well, the thing that I love again about the event is the speaking. The speakers are like the top notch. So here's a question I wanted to ask you because you have to convince most of these people that you know who are mostly Bay based, lots from New York, and you know some from Europe too. I remember uh, the lady from Shippo. I think she was in Europe who, who blew me away. Young, young, young lady who just had amazing ideas. Um, but 
how hard is it to convince them to come up to Vancouver? It's a numbers game. We've never paid any speaker mm-hmm. and it's a numbers game. You reach out, you find 100, 200, 300 of the best speakers you want. You have the pitch. I've cold emailed most people. Now we've built relationship over the past few years. And now it's like inbound. We're getting PR firms email us on behalf of them. Um, so you cold email them. It's like one, it's the, it's the, it's the ask, right? What's in it for you? Traction, how many subscribers, social proof of the other speakers and the press. We always invite press to moderate. And then how many attendees and uh, on the main stage, which is what you care about. You have a big audience. And then how many subscribers is going after? And then the third hit is this is not a for-profit event. Mm. Everything's going back into the community. So it's been, it's been like, you know, you'll reach out to 300 people who are all awesome and you'll get a lineup of 40 confirmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of thing. It's like sales, man. Like, like, <laughs> you know, it's everything in life is selling, like convincing speakers, convincing sponsors, like sales, convincing investors, even convincing your employees, people to join right now. We're trying to hire so many people. You're trying to sell them on the company. It's mm-hmm. sales. So again, the reason why I, I started with relationship and passion is because if you don't care for relationships and in relation, building relationships is a chore for you, it's not your superpower and you're not passionate about that concept, you'll never build a community. You'll never really? do it consistently. It'll be a job. And when it's a job, there are times where like, we've not made money from traction. There were times where, uh, you know, we were not making money from the company, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it's not a money maker. So to power through that, you need to have passion and, and, a, and sort of innate desire to build relationships. Oh, I, could, I, could, I could not agree with you more. Why would you do it if, with anything less anyhow, right? Because you got to get out yeah. of bed, you, you know? It's, 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 it's awesome. And, you know, I got to say, I mean, I guess it was the last traction that was not online. You guys had it at the, um, cause we, we actually worked together. I just, I just remembered this actually, cause we had uh, the Amanda AI platform out there. Uh, and it was, was phenomenal, of- right? It was, it was a fantastic experience. Yeah. So you, you had the Amanda AI platform uh, and a, a plug for TTT studios here is you guys did our, like the facial recognition check-in. The and ticket, it, it, yeah. it was funny. I had all these speakers, they show up and they were freaked out. The ticket, like it popped it up and it, and, and it printed the ticket. It was a roaring success. I mean, I loved it. It was, it was great. You guys did fantastic. You know, it's funny though, in my research, I should have remembered that part. I didn't even put it in my questions, but anyhow, um, I love, we love doing it, but the thing that was so cool, and, and again, you guys have something very unique. Okay. This is, this is, this is unique. Um, was the CXO summit where you have, you know, ha, ha, multiple, multiple places, but the CXO summit up in, up in Grouse, which is awesome. Yeah. In the mountains. Yeah. Which, which is beautiful. Great way of doing it. You know, it's a select group, which I think is, which is important, but then that party that you guys had in Chinatown in the, yeah. um, the Sun Yat-sen gardens, yeah, that was the, probably the event of the summer for me. Like, honestly, that was so much fun. The food was good. Um, and food is always good because Ray comes, <laughs> Ray comes from a, uh, from a family of good food. So <laughs> I dig that. I dig awesome. that. But that was and a that, lot of speakers. Actually, Karen Peacock, Intercom CEO, every time she said, she's like, I don't understand how the food is so good at this conference. Uh, right. She's like, conference food is not meant to be good. Something's wrong here. Uh, so that's the thing. When you put your heart and soul into it and, and you're passionate about it, it transcends. And, and that is the key. That is the key thing. The community has done a lot for us. Like I've, I've just said, right, like we built partnerships with Saster, we built mm-hmm. partnerships with folks like Mars. We just got into, so Mars has this new accelerator program for companies 
looking to grow to 100 million in revenue in the next five years. They mm-hmm. got a lot of money from the government. It's called Mars Mapentum. They took mm-hmm. 60 companies. Boast is one of them. Right? Fantastic. Like those, those things happen when you when 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 you do that, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's the relationships. We were able to launch in Toronto uh, in the last two years and build a significant business. There's it's 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 all uh, it's it's all relationships, and that's that's what matters. And it's it's been fun. Like traction was like the go-to thing for me. Uh, I planned my own wedding. I like I like events. <laughs> You're and, and, very brave. <laughs> my my wife was um, you know towards the end of her residency, and it's just a hard time. So, so I planned the wedding, but what, what, what I see here happening in the future is with everything going on online right now. Um, I did a webinar with, uh, with Jonathan Yaffe, who's, uh, who's the founder of any road. And he said one thing, he's like, what things come to life when there's like more than three senses, right? Right now we're visual and we're, um, we're talking, but like if there was taste and touch and, and, and smell, and, and and music and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It brings it to life, right? So I feel like, you know, I don't know, hopefully everyone gets vaccinated by the end of this year. Uh, but I think people have formed a habit to be at home and not get out. So I think like the smaller CXO type events, the experiential events will take off, right? Mm-hmm. Like community-based in different cities. And we were experimenting with that pre-COVID doing CXO events in different cities. We've done it in Seattle and we've done mm-hmm. it in like uh, uh, San Francisco and whatnot. So I, I I think that'll be and probably more manageable too. <laughs> yeah. Well, here I got I got one last question for you because I'm kind of I'm kind of intrigued by this because you know um, traction is a nonprofit. Do you work harder on it because it's not about the money? It's about the passion, or you know, there's some there's something different about it. Is there is there is there some sort of spirit behind that because it's a nonprofit? You know, honestly, it all stems from our DNA, and as founders, all our actions is just like give give and help people, right? Like help people. Uh, get what they want, right? It's not like, hey, buy my stuff. I almost like never pitch. I don't know. I don't think I've ever pitched. Like we've met a couple of times at Traction mm-hmm. and before. I don't think I've ever mm-hmm. sold you on what we do, right? It's it's about just building genuine connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes naturally. I kid you not, man. Like I'm, um, I still edit those weekly webinar videos, and my team's like, you're crazy. I'm like, ah, <laughs> you know, sit on the weekend, um, you know, or evening when I'm bored and I want to re-listen to something from the talk and the best way to do it is edit it myself. Mm-hmm. And I did this, this great session with apply board CEO on Tuesday and I can send it to somebody to edit because it's, it's going to take an hour, hour and a half to remove like, you know, all the uh, ums or whatever, if, the, mm-hmm. depending on how clean you want to make it. And I'm listening to it and I'm into it and I'm smiling and I'm editing. I was doing that last night and I didn't finish it. Um, but I'm like, man, like, this is crazy. I'm actually, I'm like, oh, should I send it to somebody? Oh, you know what? No, I'm just going to do it. So I don't know what it is, man. It's like passion, I think, right? Like, I just like that that whole thing. I'm like learning more. I feel like I'm reliving the experience. I'm feeling the it's passion. It's it's nothing else, right? Well, well, Lloyd, do not lose the passion along the journey, because honestly, I have had so much fun chatting with you today. This this has been a real an eye opener, an ear opener, whatever. You know, we'll go through multiple senses here, just like you said. Um, <coughs> but but thank you, thank you for sharing. Thank you for you know for for doing the great stuff you you know you do in Vancouver City that you you know your roots aren't directly aligned with or you're you're, you're in. But you know, bringing traction all that, and, and congratulations for 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 the big serious raise. You know, a big pat on the back for for having confidence in what your mission is and how you're bringing value to, uh, you know, to, to, to the world. So thank you. And, and, and congratulations for that. 
Thanks, Chris. Uh, it was fantastic. We said 25 minutes. I think it's coming up at the top of the hour. Every but time. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, let's plan to meet in person and let's plan to do uh, do the whole facial recognition check-in again at the next uh, attraction. Damn awesome. Tootin. Great fun. Sam Tootin. Ahoy, afternoon tea listeners. If you got this far, I assume you like this episode and that is awesome. Thank you. In such a case, please rate and review Afternoon Tea Podcasts and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Afternoon Tea is a podcast focusing on the business of technology in Canada. We do have some great guests lined up for future episodes, but we'd love to hear your thoughts too. Please do let us know who you think should be on the show. You can do so by emailing me at podcast at ttt.studio. That is podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at ttt, that's three T's, dot studio, S-T-U-D-I-O. You will notice there is no dot com because we are that sophisticated. Furthermore, you can find us on social media at TTT underscore studios. I look forward to chatting with you soon.